Hello, everybody. So I just got done a few minutes ago recording the what I called the bonus, the bonus track or whatever you want to call it. Um, what you're about to hear after this ha- was was recorded before all of the drama unfolded. But I would like to think that the message is no less important or informational. But I think it is worth noting that <laughs> what you're about to hear was um, was recorded when I still had a job and ties obviously very closely into the first part of stuffing the envelope. So here you go. David Copperfield, David Blaine, and Chris Angel, all three men, famous illusionists, all of them very wealthy. David Blaine is worth $40 million. Chris Angel worth $50 million. And Mr. Copperfield, $1 billion from being the masters of misdirection, the dons of deceit, the, I don't know, Illuminati of illusion, if that works. Forbes has claimed that David Copperfield is the most commercially successful magician in history. Obviously, they're basing that on finances, hence the word commercially. If you were going to define the most successful illusionist in history, would you use money as a barometer? Would you use the number of people they've entertained or tricked, rather? Would you use the time they've been in the illusion game? Hmm, I don't know. I've got another question for you, though. Who has tricked you the most? Who in your life, what person has misled you the most number of times to the greatest extent? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. And some of you might have a person in mind. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if that person you have in mind is anyone but yourself, you are lying to yourself. Hello friends, welcome to How to Be 40, my podcast that attempts to delineate what it means to transition from juvenile thinking and behavior to genuine maturity. Stuffing the envelopes part two is going to be a stiff drink. It was around 2008. I'm in the city of College Station, Texas, on a string of bars, restaurants, eateries, clubs called Northgate. There is a small bar, I'm not sure if it's still there, that only served shots. Alongside me, making up our trio, Michael Mayo, a future physician, Quint, another friend of ours. Both of those guys, Division II All-American throwers, these dudes were big. And I'm as the peon of the group. But we walk into this bar that only serves shots. And Mr. Michael walks up to the bartender and says, we want the most disgusting shots you can offer. Now, he was speaking about him and Quint because I was the designated driver, as I often am. But the lady was up to the challenge. She mixed up a concoction of various liquids of some kind and put them in front of Michael and Quint. Michael takes the first shot, cringes like I'd never seen him cringe before, and walks towards the restroom. Quint 
the big man that he is, mullet in full effect, sleeveless, ready to go. This man is approaching 280 pounds, 6'3". He is a monster. He puts back the shot I am standing to his left. Immediately, Quint shoves his hand to his mouth. Do you know what happens when the vomit reflex meets the solid hand up against the mouth of a giant man who used to throw discus and shot in college? It reminds me of that moment in Batman where... An unstoppable force meets an immovable object. As the vomit exited Quint's mouth and met his hand pressed firmly against his face, a 360-degree splatter of vomit reached all the way to the ceiling of that bar, to the floor, to the people to the right and left. I was covered in that vomit, that shot that Michael had requested not more than a minute Four. <laughs> Episode two of Stuffing the Envelopes is going to be a stiff drink. However, my challenge to you is to keep it down and don't spray me with your vomit. In episode one, we talked about how actions render words obsolete. That's right. Your actions completely quelled your words. My actions quell mine. We talked about default nature, pushers and pullers, Passing the critical examination of capacity, and specifically I talked about a stuffing envelopes situation, how I had failed the test and how I needed to pass the test. But what if sometimes we get it wrong? What if sometimes we classify people, we categorize people, and we get it wrong? Mickey Rourke in the movie Sin City, a thought comes to him and he says, it hit me like a kick in the nuts. What if I'm wrong? What if you are wrong when you classify someone? Craig Rochelle, an author, he writes, you cannot change what you do not confront. I would like to add a tale to that, Mr. Groeschel, and you cannot confront what you do not know exists. Let's say you have a man named Bob. Good generic name, and no offense to the Bobs of the world. Let's say that Bob has a habit of identifying certain people in his life as the problem in his life, as some sort of thorn in his side, and he fails to see that he himself may be a contributor to that thorn. Well, if he fails to see, he never confronts himself and the cycle continues. Do you know what the alternator of a car does? You drive a vehicle, and that vehicle has an alternator and a battery. You see the way it works. The battery, as the car sits unstarted, helps you start that car. Once the engine starts working, it runs the alternator, which in turn keeps that battery charged. It's an interesting relationship. The battery helps the engine survive. The engine powers the alternator, and the alternator helps the battery survive. But what happens if the alternator goes bad? Well, you can change the battery. And you can keep changing the battery, and the car will function fine for a while, and then you'll need another battery, and then you'll need another, and another, and another, because the battery is not being charged 
due to the faulty alternator. You see, we don't often look inward when problems come. We look outward. We try to identify the problem, and the mirror is the last place we look. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, and we often misplace blame. How many times in my lifetime have I, to one degree or another, accused someone of stealing something that I simply misplaced? (laughs) So-and-so stole it. I know they stole it because it was right here. I said it right at this place only a few minutes or a few days or a few weeks later to realize uh, I had said it somewhere else and forgotten. (laughs) You cannot change what you do not confront and you cannot confront what you do not know exists. We don't see it. Bob doesn't see it. We don't see ourselves as a problem because we're the main act of a magic show. We are the prop of David Blaine, Chris Angel, and billionaire David Copperfield. (laughs) Uh, We are the main attraction. We are Truman. All of us are little Trumans in our own Truman show, and there's a man in the moon staring down at us. Perhaps claiming, no, he's not even claiming that it's in our best interest. This man in the moon is evil, the real master of illusion, the real dawn of deceit, the real Illuminati of illusion. Craig Groeschel goes on to quote this, and I read, Your adversary is not your boss, spouse, child, ex, or neighbor. You may not realize it, but the one you are fighting against is your spiritual enemy, the devil. Does it sound too extreme, he asks? That's exactly what your enemy wants. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. End quote. Thanks, Craig. So where am I going with this? If we need to look inward, are we the perpetrators? Are we the illusionists? If so, why am I reading Mr. Craig Groeschel accusing the devil? (laughs) Oh... Called seeds, seeds planted within us. Who plants the seeds and who allows those seeds to grow? Who waters those seeds? Two different entities. How often do we go through life believing lies? And how often do we foster those lies with anxiety, fear, anger, hatred, accusation, or even classification of others in our life. You have to admit that's an impressive performance. (laughs) According to Mr. Craig Groeschel, this devil can not only keep us denying various truths about ourselves and those around us, but even convince us that the illusion master himself isn't there. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot change what you do not confront, and you can't confront what you don't know exists. (laughs) The Satan, I've talked about this before in the Bible. The Satan is not a person or individual. It is a title. It means deceiver. Oh, people have made millions deceiving. 
<laughs> now, we can't pass blame purely, right? We may try to recognize that there are forces, spiritual forces against us. That doesn't mean we lack blame. We are the ones with the watering hose. We are the ones tending to the seeds planted there by the deceiver. Therefore, we can't simply say, the devil made me do it. So what do we do? This is a short podcast, but I'm going to get to the point. You take the shot. <laughs> you take the shot, even though you don't want to believe it, you don't want to admit it, you don't want to understand that there are spiritual forces at work against us, and we don't want to accept the fact that we are the ones that may be the problem when it comes to allowing that seed to grow within us. I was quick to classify people as problems in my stuffing the envelope story, but perhaps others aren't the issue. Perhaps me, myself, and I need to understand what needs to change, who needs to change, and it's not other people. Ladies and gentlemen, if you find yourself consistently angry, depressed, anxious, fearful, you need to address the root of the problem. You need to carve out the seed. Stop changing the battery and replace your alternator. In other words, try an alternative strategy. When you point at someone, you have three fingers pointing back at yourself. Right, Tosh? <laughs> oh, I learned that, Jim, from him. Of course, all of this starts with tearing off the blindfold. You see, a lot of us are blindfolded to the truth. We don't believe there is a master illusionist. How brilliant is the master illusionist to convince us he doesn't even exist? The deceiver. Truly a dawn of deception. It's worth looking into, at minimum. Let's talk about it. Reach out to me. Let's debate certain scriptures in a very friendly atmosphere, mutual respect, of course. But tear off the blindfold and see the deceiver for yourself. Who knows, you may even find God in there somewhere, and you may even find yourself capable of living without anger, without depression, without anxiety, and without fear. <laughs> I'm Noah Dean. Thanks for listening.